0: To the High Praises Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now here's Lead Pastor Chris Starr. Turn to Book of Jeremiah, the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, and I want to preach you this morning a message that I really feel is going to help some people. Thank you so much. Jeremiah chapter eighteen. Let you know, my little world as a preacher, my big world as a preacher. Um, there are certain texts that you preach. You just preachers preach. You know, they're just. I could take you through and show you just that there are these different texts that um, pre- preachers just expected to preach. And so, when the Lord, we're reading through Jeremiah right now in our in our as we're reading through the Bible. So we're you know, we're getting close. We're in the end of October. So. It's pretty cool. We get to the end of December, I'm going to be able to say I read the Bible through again. Um, And we offer that every January. But I got to this passage, and the Lord started dealing with me. And so I thought, you know, surely I've preached on this. I went back and looked at my notes. I couldn't find anything. I thought, I cannot believe I've never preached on this text. So it's taken me 30-plus years of preaching to finally get to it. But I really feel like it's going to minister to a lot of people today. It really did in the first service. I'm entitled to Damaged Goods. And when we read the text... I think you'll understand why. It's Jeremiah chapter 18, Jeremiah chapter 18, beginning at verse one. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause you to hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house and there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred or ruined in the hand of the potter, and so he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. And then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. The instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up, to pull down, and to destroy it, if that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. And the instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it, if it does evil in my sight so that it does not obey my voice, then I will relent concerning the good with which I said I would benefit it. Now, therefore, speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am fashioning a disaster and devising a plan against you. Now, look at this. Just let this sink in. Return now every one of you from his evil ways and make your ways and your doings good. Amen to the word. Amen. Y'all want to celebrate the word? Praise God. All right. Hallelujah. You can be seated today. Um, how many of you have been fortunate enough at some point in your life to actually be in the presence or be in the place where there is an actual potter working a potter's wheel with, with pottery? Let me see your hand of it. So quite a few. So this message is really going to come alive to you. Uh, I, you know, I'm. Try, I kept trying to think if there's ever a time where I've been with a potter, and I'm thinking somewhere maybe when I was a kid. I'm thinking somewhere. I mean, I played with play doh. I don't know if that counts or not, right? I like. I actually thought about getting a little can of play doh and just give everybody a can of play doh, so you would never forget this message tonight or today. But. But the potter, you know, the potter, If you like, here's the picture. They're going to put a picture in the screen. This help you visualize it. So there's the wheel, okay, and it spins, and back in the day, you would step on a pedal, and then there was a mechanism, and it would keep the wheel turning. Today, it's all mechanized and, 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 and has an engine. Uh, it's machined. But you would get, as you can see, you would get your hands wet, and you would get clay on your hands, and then you would take this lump of clay and just, get it wet, and you would it, slap it down on the wheel and start spinning the wheel, and then the potter would take his hands and start fashioning a vessel. Now, the potter was very, very important in that day. I mean, you just couldn't go up to, there was no belts, and, you know, we're gonna go buy some dishes to eat off of or you know if you want to go to Walmart and buy your dishes what well, there was you, you had to go to the potter and say I need you to make me plates I need you to make me cups I need you to make me containers for storage and so this is a very important person so they get there and they turn the wheel and they so Jeremiah is told by the Lord to go down to the potter's house and he said I'm going to speak to you and show you something once you get there so he did and he's watching the potter and he's doing like this and he's taking the lump of clay and it's, and it's about at this stage, he's working that vessel and you can see it's starting to shape into something. And, and, and Jeremiah's just waiting and he's <clears throat> watching and the Lord's not saying anything. And as the vessel is worked and it's coming up, and I don't know if he was making a vase or a storage container or a cup, but he said that suddenly the vessel was ruined. It was marred. I don't know if there was a thin place in the wall. I don't know if a rock, a little pebble got in the clay. It was supposed to be removed, but it got in the clay. And as he was turning, his hand just caught the rock, the pebble, and it just gashed the vessel. But something happened. And it was destroyed, and it just imploded and collapsed. And whatever the potter was making was destroyed. And Jeremiah said that, as he's watching, instead of picking the lump of clay up and tossing it out the window, out in the yard and saying, that's no good, give me another one, he he took the, what was what was left of the broken, damaged goods. And we would say down south, he mashed it. He pressed the clay back into a, a shapeless mass and started spinning the wheel and once again, he started shaping another vessel. Now, it wasn't the same as the first vessel, but it was another vessel, but it was what the potter had in mind to make. That was very important, Jeremiah said, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Now, I'm gonna spiritualize this because that's the whole point of God giving this. There was a spiritual application to Israel, and I'm convinced there's a spiritual application to us. Here's the first thing I wanna say to you today. When the potter takes the clay and throws it on the wheel and begins turning and fashioning, like you see here, the, the thing that is um, predetermined, the presumption that we make is that the potter has in his mind an idea of what he's going to make. I don't think the potter just starts forming it and says, let's just see what comes out today. He says, no, I'm going to make a cup. I'm going to make a storage container. I'm going to make a plate. He has a plan in mind. Are you with me? Any of you guys that work with wood or ladies, you know, when you start working with the wood, you have plans. You know what you're going to make. I want to stop right here and say something to you that I think some of you desperately need to hear. I don't know how you've been raised. I don't know what sermons you've heard in church. I don't know what your philosophy of life is, but... I have a philosophy of life that I also think is sound theologically and biblically, and this this. I think God has a plan for every person's life. I mean that with all my heart. Like I think you have a divine destiny. I I, I just I believe that since I was a young man. I have believed that I have a destiny. And that sounds arrogant. Don't It shouldn't be. It's not. You are a child of God, and God is in control of your life if you're saved. You are a child of God, and God is in control of your life, and you do not live a life of random incidents that are up and down and positive and negative and good and bad, and you just kind of flow with it. No, 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 no. From the day you're born, God has a plan for your life. I believe that with all my heart. There is a divine plan. Destiny for you. And you've got to discover that and you've got to run after that and pursue that with everything within you. Now, I'm not talking about everybody's got to be Billy Graham, and I'm just not necessarily talking about spiritual things, though I think there's a that ought to be top of the list. But I think there's a plan. I think if you're gifted musically, then you were designed and planned. God's intentions was for you to be musical. If you have the mind of an engineer, then guess what? God gave you that because his plan is for you to be involved in something that devolves engineering. You see things that we don't see. If you're creative, then you need to be in a field where you can you let that creativity blossom. Do you understand? If you're good with working with your hands, God made you that way, and your destiny is to be If you have a lot of money and God has blessed you with a lot of money, usually the, that gift, uh, that blessing, the gift of giving goes with it. God, you have a philanthropy spirit. You want to bless. You want to, you want to put that where it can bless people and help people. Are you with me? God has a plan for everybody. Okay, when God made me, I didn't realize it. I didn't know it till I got halfway through my college years. I, I had no intention to be in the ministry, but God had a plan for me to be a pastor and a preacher of the gospel, and I had no intentions of doing that. I was a computer science major at USC Upstate. But God had said, no, I've got other plans for you. And so my point is you have a destiny, and you need to accept that destiny and run after that destiny. But now, just like the potter, sometimes there are things that happen in our lives and it's not ever God's fault. The potter didn't ruin the vessel. There was something within the vessel itself that destroyed the vessel. There was possibly a rock that did something that didn't belong there. And sometimes we get things in our life that don't belong there, and then they hinder, or stop, or even destroy us from getting to the destiny that God has for us. Sometimes it may be like the vessel has a thin place in the wall and it collapses on itself. And sometimes we allow thin places in our life. We have proclivities, weak points that we're not dealing with. We have propensities towards certain habits or vices or let's go ahead and say it, even sins, immoral things that just destroy us and keep us from being who God wants us to be. They hinder us and keep us from going after our destiny. I'm going to tell you this morning two things that I hope you'll type or write down. These are, they are, there are two things that will divert you from your destiny, that will destroy you from experiencing God's will for your life. Do you want to know what those two things are? All right, the first one is sin. Sin. I mean, that's a no-brainer if it, let me just say it to you this way and, and sin is destructive it's always destructive but let me just see it this way if we're trying to find god's will and even god's will live out our destiny being a sinner is not your destiny four amens that was pretty good you may try i caught you off guard didn't you so let me give you another chance that being a sinner is not god's destiny Amen. yeah it's not that's not god's will we know that right go back to adam and eve uh backsliding, which is returning to sin, is not God's destiny for you. Toying with sin, practicing sin, is not God's destiny for you. Sin mars, sin destroys, sin ruins. The Bible says the wages of sin is, anybody know? Yeah. Death, yeah, it's, it's always destructs. And so sin is like the pebble that gets inside. It doesn't belong in you. Okay, so that's the first one. The second one, Y'all want to know what the second one is? I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) That would be terrible, wouldn't it? So the second one is our our poor choices. Poor choices. We make poor choices, and then it diverts us and sometimes even destroys the destiny that God has us on, the trajectory that God has us on. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, sometimes they overlap, those poor choices end up being immoral. So I'm gonna give a little list that maybe you can relate to. All right. So here's my list. Just this isn't obviously comprehensive but exhaustive, but just you know, the kind of ones that hit things like dating an unbeliever. That's a bad choice. There is no such thing as evangelism dating. I'll get him saved. Uh-uh. Don't even go there. Okay, that's a bad choice, and it can mess you up. Marrying an unbeliever, that's a bad choice. Don't do it. The Bible says that we are not to be unequally yoked to an unbeliever. For what does light have with darkness or the temple of God with the temple of Baal or the devil? So that's a a no-no. I have to be careful because some of you you allow your children in here, so I have to be careful. Um, So code, code coded language here doing something before you're married that you're not supposed to do I ain't talking about going to carowinds are y'all know what I'm talking about okay like babies because if I say the s word you, you gonna have all kinds of questions if you're a child we got children over here so okay so that's a bad that's that's an immoral choice it's also a bad choice if I had time, I would tell you, I would give you a list of reasons why psychologically, physiologically, spiritually, those are that's a bad choice. But I don't have time. See me after church. It'll ruin your destiny. Failing to tithe, bad choice. Preachers got to throw that one in there. But that's true, isn't it? We've been studying about that. Not coming to church, that's a bad choice. By the way, I'm going to just keep doing this. I know I'm fighting a cultural thing now. Please do on Saturday what needs to be done rather than Sunday. That's why God made Saturday. Unless you work, then pick another day of the week. But Sunday is the Lord's Day. I'll keep teaching it. I'm going to keep teaching it. It's not me. It's God. Okay? So Not coming to church, you know, unless you're on vacation like I was, then that's okay. Just come back. (laughs) Leaving the church, I'm going to take my ball and go home. You don't leave the church. Okay? That's a bad decision. Compromising your biblical values, your godly values, bad decision. Giving in to temptation, bad decision. Being carnal, being worldly, choosing that as a lifestyle, bad decision. Neglecting your spiritual life, that's a bad decision. Not reading your Bible, bad decision. Not praying, bad decision. I, I could just go on and on. Partnering with somebody whose business practices, you're going to go into business together, but their their business values aren't the same as yours, mm-mm. Bad decision. Co-signing on a note for somebody else. Maybe your kids. Maybe, maybe. Bad decision. What are y'all laughing for? <laughs> y'all, y'all had y'all, y'all's trajectory got off there, didn't you? Yeah. Did you know that one's in the Bible? Sure is, multiple times in the book of Proverbs. And basically, the Bible says, if you ever co-sign, don't go to bed that night. Go to the person's house and beg and plead. Go to the lawyer, beg and plead, and get out of it as fast as you can. That's in the Bible. Do y'all know that? Oh, yeah, that's in the Bible. I can show it to you. See me after church. <laughs> Sin and poor choices make us damaged goods. Do you know what damaged goods are, by the way? If you're in business and you work with products, then you know what I'm talking about. They're products that get scratched, they get broken, whatever, and now you can't sell them or you can't use them. They're damaged goods. And you usually either send them back to the supplier or you have to mark them down and try to get rid of them, try to get something out of them. It's also used for people. It's a phrase that now is used, applied to people, people that have... That have been hurt or that have been that have experienced some kind of emotional or mental injury or whatever, even physical injury, sometimes spiritual injury, and so they feel useless or limited. And when we when we have sin in our life, it makes us damaged goods. When we make poor choices, it makes us damaged goods. And here's what happens: when you get damaged, when you become damaged goods. You can, you can, and this happens so often, get a mindset, a mentality that says, I blew it. I blew it. I, I was going where I needed to go. I was serving God. Things were going good. I was headed to college. I was doing this. I, I got my first job. I was going to get my, just all these things, and I blew it. I'm done. I, I blew it. There's no, and so then the, then the next step is, I'm, I've, I'm a failure. I've wasted my life. I'm useless. I'm no good to anybody. I'm no good to God. God can't use me, especially if you fail morally. I'm damaged goods. God can't use me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come to church because I want to come to church. I ask Jesus, forgive me. I don't want to go to hell. I'm going to go to heaven. But beyond that, I can, I'm not going to volunteer for anything. I'm not going to get involved in anything. I'm damaged goods. See what I'm saying? And it will limit you. I'm telling you, you got to listen to me. Sin and poor choices affect. I'm thinking of an individual right now, a gentleman, who does not go to church here. Who, as a young adult, got with with a a another young lady and made a poor they made a poor choice, the heroin thing. Code, okay, and then that woman got pregnant, and their their lives were on different trajectories. But because of one poor choice, everything changed. They got married, and everything that they that they, they the direction they thought they were going. Totally got changed completely. And the man is a bitter man who feels like that life passed him by. And pines for what could have been. You see what I'm talking about? That's what happens when you make one poor choice, especially if it is an immoral decision. Trajectory was this way but it falls short here, and you feel like my life is going nowhere, okay? And so what happens is you get this mentality. But Here's what I want to show you. The potter, the clay breaks down, the, the vessel's destroyed. Jeremiah's probably thinking, well, that, that's blown. But the potter is not shaken. Do you all hear me? When you make a bad decision, and even when you sin. Now, God doesn't like your sin. God won't tolerate your sin. How many of y'all know that? He's a holy God. Okay, so sin's got to be dealt with. We'll get to that in just a second. But your decision shakes you and it gets in your head, but it doesn't shake God and get in his head. Are y'all hearing me? Somebody needs this. The potter just took the same mass and started working it again. Now this time it was a different vessel. It wasn't the same vessel before, but he knew what he had and what could be. He knew that if he tried to do the same vessel there wasn't there wasn't enough mass there. He would just have the same thing again, the weak. So he said this time I'm going to make something smaller and something different, but yet I can make something out of this. And he started shaping it as it seemed good to the potter. I came here today to tell you that if you failed and you've messed up and this message is resonating with you and right now you're on the edge of your seat, I came to tell you today that the God you serve and hopefully you serve if you don't serve him, you can fix that today but if you're saved, the God you served is the God of a second chance and a third, fourth and fifth chance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah worship him for that worship him for that and that he can take your life and he can redo it he can re, he can do something and he can it may not be what you thought it was going to be before but it'll be just as good this time as well he'll make you into something else and he can use you See, when you get in that mindset, I got to talk about this. When you get in that mindset, I, God can't use me. I'm a failure. I'm no good. I'm, I'm disqualified. I'm damaged goods. You know who shows up? That stinking enemy of our soul. Yep. I've had it happen. And he'll get in your ear at your low place. And you'll th- you'll hear a sermon like this and you'll say, you know, maybe, maybe Pastor Sistar knows what he's talking about. God help you. Preaching the word of the Lord here. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and the devil shows up and says, uh uh-uh. uh, who do you think you are? And he'll remind you of what you did and how you failed. You're not docile. Who do you think? You're, you're disqualified. The first time you try, you're gonna fail. Everybody's gonna know what you did. It's gonna be horrible. You, you, you can't do anything for God. You're pitiful. You're damaged. You're useless. And you'll hear, and if you listen to him, You'll, this sermon today will be nullified. You'll be like the sower of the seed where it fell on the hard ground and the birds of the air came and ate it up. You've got to say today what God says is truth. And anytime the devil opens his mouth, it is a lie. So if the devil tells you you're useless, it's a lie. If the devil tells you you're damaged goods, it's a lie. If the devil says God can't use you, it's a lie. If the devil says you're never going to amount to anything, it's a lie. It's a lie. And you have to know that God says, oh, no, I've got you on the wheel. (laughs) And I'm working you, baby. And I'm telling you, we're going to make something good out of your life. You just hang on. I've got plans for you. You just work with me here. I can redeem your life. Israel had a bad, bad problem of because they had served the Lord and then they had backslidden. backslides, a big word of Jeremiah. they turned their back on God and ran after false gods and started sitting and doing the most horrible things. And God said to them, "As a nation, you have fallen. As a nation, you've blown it. I' look, you don't understand. You know you've blown it, but it's not over. If you don't, if you don't get straightened up, Bab- the Babylonians are coming, and you're going into captivity for 70 years. But if you'll just, listen to me, if you'll just repent, yeah. if you'll realize what you've done, admit it, confess it, ask God to forgive you and turn your back and start back living for me, I can turn this whole thing around. But if you don't, then the trajectory you're on in your sin or poor, and or poor choices is just gonna take you down to destruction. And so the, the secret is Repent. The secret is get your mind right. In repentance, you got to get your mind right. It's a change of mind. In repentance, you got to get your heart right. It's emotions. You get fired up for God and fired up against sin. In repentance, it's your will. I've made up my mind. I'm not going to keep doing this way. I'm not going to keep thinking this way. I'm not going in this direction anymore. I'm going to stop something, end some things. I'm going to I'm not going to think this way anymore. I'm going to change the way I'm thinking. It's years of thinking this way, but God can change my mind. He can reprogram my mind. Be made new in the attitude of your mind, okay? And you can turn, and I would say, I'm going to start living for God, and I'm going to walk in God's destiny From and I'm going to see what God's going to do with my life. I had a young lady, beautiful mom with beautiful children, came up afterwards, and she's had some battles in her life, and she, recently she's got the victor of some of those things, and she said, I'm trying, Pastor. I wanna, I wanna be that vessel. I wanna, I, I've messed up. I made poor choices. But I said, Look, you're on the potter's wheel. I said, You're going forward. I said, God's got a new. She said, I'm just trying to figure out how. I said, You start with your husband and those three beautiful children. I said, More mothers have influenced major decisions in the world because of the influence they had on that son or daughter. That's your influence. That's your destiny. I don't, can God use you with other things? Absolutely. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying right there if you're a mom or, a, or just a wife supporting your husband. Same thing, guys, with you. My point is, doesn't matter how you've blown it, doesn't matter how you fail. Listen to me, God just, God's already slapped you on the wheel. He's just waiting on you yeah. to get with Him and work with Him. I want to tell you this story. I I didn't even have this in my notes, but I want to tell you this story about a lady. Years ago, when we started High Praises in January of 1999, the same month, we started out of a church in Greer called Praise Cathedral. We were a satellite of that church for six months, and then we organized in June of 1999. Well, Praise Cathedral started our sister church called House of Praise in Columbia, South Carolina, Pastor Daryl Croft, who's a good friend of mine. Well, in the course of that year or so, Daryl, Daryl actually been under a tent, like a big tent, like a Barnum and Bailey big tent, you know. And so, uh, not a camping tent. And so they had, you know, they they had all these chairs and all. And I thought, man, I've never preached in a tent. He's tent. He said, come down, and preach in the tent. So I came down and preached in a tent. That was cool. Well, on the drive down, you know, I preached on the gifts of the Spirit not too long ago. Man, I had the craziest thing happen. It's happened to me twice. It happened to me one time when I was preaching a revival in Fort Mill. This was the only other time it's ever happened. While I was driving down, somebody else was driving. While I was driving down, I was just meditating. The Holy Spirit began to deal with me, and he told me the name of a woman. And he told me the, the, the sin that she had committed, that she was damaged goods, and he gave me a word for her. Now, wait till I tell you what it is, and you'll see how it was like, oh, help me, Jesus. And so I got that up there that night. They, our, our, our praise team went, they sang, and then I got the microphone to preach. And the Lord, I was about to preach, and the Lord just dealt with me. And I said, oh. And, man, when you walk in the Spirit, it's like, who help me, Jesus, because this was a big one. And if I get, there's two of them. If I get these wrong, I'm going to be incredibly embarrassed. And there's only like 150 people there. It's not, so the odds of having this certain name and having a woman there, I mean, think about it. And so I said, all right, I said, I'm going to do something before I preach tonight. I said, is there anybody here by the name of, and I said her name. And I'll never forget, back over on this side, wearing a bright canary yellow blouse, this woman raised her hand. And in my mind, I'm going, oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. There's a woman here by that name. Isn't that great faith in God? Isn't that just wonderful? <laughs> and so I'm like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Elder, we, we, sometimes we struggle, don't we? And so uh, I said, okay, I said, see, I said, I got a word for you see me after church. And so when I preached, we gave an altar call. She came down to the altar. And so I got in her ear very discreetly, and this is what God showed me. I got in her ear, and very, nobody came. I said, honey, I said, I got to ask you a question. And I said, if I'm wrong, you tell me. But I said, I, t- I just got to tell you what God said to me. I said, have you ever had an abortion? That was what God, and then God spoke. To me. And she looked at me, she said, yes, I did years ago. I said, well, here's the word I have for you. I said, the devil has told you that you're damaged goods and you're no good and God can't use you. But I came here tonight all the way from Anderson, South Carolina to tell you. that God has forgiven you of the sin that you've committed and it will not hold you back and God has a ministry for you and God's going to you. I said, this is the word of the Lord. God, I've never met this woman in my life. I met her that night, never seen her again. And I gave her this word in the altar. And Man, I know it blessed her. I didn't think anything more about it. Service ended, altar service ended. She grabbed me. She said, can I talk to you? And we went over here in the front row and sat down. And she said, let me fill in the blanks for you. She said, years ago when I was a young girl, a teenager girl, she said, I got pregnant and I had an abortion. She said, later I got saved. And she said, for years, I have had a calling on my life to work with young teenage girls so that I can help them understand and prevent them from getting into those kind of (laughs) carowinds. I have to preach in COVID this morning. You know, to stay away and to live pure and to do what's right. She said, but every Time that opportunity has arisen, and every time I said, I'm all right, I'm gonna take the initiative. She said, the devil would get in my ear and say, Who do you think you are? You had an abortion, you killed a child, you're a murderer, you're not, you're not eligible, you're disqualified, you're damaged. Goods, don't you even try to? And she said, I would back down and pull into a shell. She said, I've done it for years, but she said, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. She said, But tonight you have given me a word from the Lord that has liberated me. And she said, Now I know that God has forgiven me and I I'm not disqualified and I'm not damaged goods and I'm going to start working and serving for God and go after my destiny. Hallelujah. How many believe God's got a plan? I want you to stand with me this morning and I want everybody in this place to come to the altar because I want to finish down here. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at highpraises.org.